I'm trying to go to rap parties. I'm trying. Yeah, so- post COVID <laughs> underground rap parties. <laughs> Hello. Okay. I sound like I am a 13 year old (laughs) and I am literally going through puberty. (laughs) Okay. I'm definitely keeping that as the intro. (laughs) What a freaking dirty thing to do to me. I was going to actually say like, hello, people of the internet, a la iCarly. I was going to do a little clap back. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we got it in there. Yeah, so happy that that happened. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Animated April. Yes, we have... uh, The Hercules episode was just the beginning of the spicy entree that we're going to serve to you today. (laughs) Oh my god. Mon dieu. (laughs) We're still in the Disney family for this one, but this Mm -hmm. is a beautiful partnership between Disney and Pixar. Exactly. A movie that has been on people's lips lately, especially the end of last year, beginning of this year. We are doing 2007's classic ratatouille oh my gosh and christina i think you have a message for our french listeners oh lord (laughs) um (laughs) i did take french for about eight years and it's really shocking how bad my french still is but i do know we have some listeners in france Mm -hmm. and to them i say bonjour tous les personnes françaises qui écoutent cette podcast uh merci et Je suis désolée. Mon accent n'est pas très bien, mais j'essaie. <laughs> Beautiful. It sounded great to me. Thank so, you. Thank you. Yes, this is in the cultural zeitgeist. So I'm really mm-hmm. happy that we're covering it because, guys, I don't know if y'all saw, but there was a ratatouille TikTok musical extraordinaire. Yes, there was. I did purchase a ticket and I did watch it when it premiered. And it was great. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's Zoom theater, so, you know. It's a, yeah. I, it's going to be what it's going to be. <laughs> I did see it on YouTube afterwards. Um, and the main Remy, the man who plays Remy, what's his name? Oh, Titus Burgess. Titus Burgess is like a sweet treat for me. I really enjoy that man. And uh, I just think that the way that he played Remy made me wanting more. I just wanted to follow the story. I also liked the mm-hmm. dance breaks. Totally. Yeah. I think that my favorite song is actually the song that Skinner sings. Mm. And it's called, I think it's called, I think I smelled a rat or I smelled a rat. Yeah. That song is very good. Conspiring with a rodent. Hey, can you imagine that? Well, it seems as though this parasite is feeding people's appetites. It's cooking. And I testify. I knew I smelled the rat. Oh, language. Yeah, for those of you who aren't familiar with this whole Ratatouille TikTok musical situation, basically it all started from this one song called Remy the Ratatouille, the rat of all my dreams. Somebody like 
sang this song and then it got turned into like an orchestral arrangement Mm -hmm. then people were like oh my god what if ratatouille was a musical and then they were like let's do it yeah all across tiktok people are writing songs people are doing set design costume design like lighting design design like the playbill it was crazy and uh jeremy o'harris who is a playwright who wrote slave play he is also on tiktok he saw this whole thing happening he got involved he's like pretty online generally Yes, totally. Um, I have spoken with him uh, via TikTok before, which is pretty insane. Awesome. But yeah, he then ended up having it produced. And a lot of the proceeds went to um, like struggling artists and different foundations that help support mm-hmm. people in theater who have been out of work, which is great. Yeah. And yeah, it was a one night engagement or 72 hour live stream. And I watched it, got my ticket. It was delightful. It made me miss theater a lot. Oh, yeah. Because it's just like those people, too, were so talented. Yeah. The cast that they got. Oh, yeah. I don't remember the name of the guy who plays Ego, but he's quite famous. Oh, um, Andre DeShield. Yeah. Adam Lambert. Adam Lambert. Pretty wild. Wayne Brady. Ashley Park. Andrew Barth Feldman, who was uh, in Dear Evan Hansen. Mary Testa, like, mm-hmm. absolutely insane cast. Yeah. It was really enjoyable. You can – I don't know if you can see the whole thing on YouTube or if it's just clips from the songs, but I recommend watching for sure. Yeah. I think you can find the whole thing on YouTube. That's mm-hmm. what I was watching, and it had, like, the dialogue as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I didn't realize all of the themes in Ratatouille when I first watched it because I was, like, you know, a kid, whatever. But yeah. um, it's just, for me – I didn't realize how much I was going to like it because it doesn't focus so much on a romantic narrative, but it's like this Mm. person who's struggling with their identity and their passions and like getting to live out your dreams, Mm -hmm. even though you thought you could never do that. Yeah, it just like ended up being a really beautiful story to me. It felt very touched by it. Yeah, it's it's a really, really good movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think I realized really how good it was until I watched it this time around. Like, I always liked Ratatouille, but it was never, like, a mainstay, like, favorite of mine. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I love the message behind it and just, like, the simplicity of, like, anyone can cook. Because it doesn't have to necessarily be food. It could be anything. Totally. But I think that message is great for not only children, but adults as well. It's a good thing to remember. This is actually the first Oscar-winning film That's pretty crazy. Yeah, this is the first, and it won an Oscar for Best Animated Feature, right? Yes. Ratatouille also has a big feature in Disneyland Paris. Mm-hmm. I, during quarantine, watched the um, Imagineering docuseries on Disney+, Plus, which I highly recommend. It's super interesting. It's all about like the history and progression of the Disney parks. And there is a Ratatouille ride in Disneyland Paris. And you can also eat at Gusteau's restaurant there. And my brother and his wife, they were in Paris in 2019 and they went to Disneyland and they did eat at Gusteau's and said it was very good. What so. a cute trip. My Like, I yeah. can't imagine my boyfriend being like, let's go to Disneyland Paris. He'd be like, we're going to go to a music festival in Barcelona. <laughs> we're going to be sweaty for five days. <laughs> well, this this was their honeymoon. They went to Europe and oh, went to a few different places and... They went to Disneyland. 
I think Disney is a really creative and kind of amazing place, especially if you're lucky enough to go as a kid and see Mm -hmm. all of the architecture. I think that is like the biggest thing that amazed me when I got to go as a kid, seeing these huge structures that literally do not have any like need to exist, but people like created this thing out of their own brains and you can see it in real life. And like being surrounded by that fantasy and imaginative spirit is makes you feel good. And it's like a very cool experience. Totally. Like the rides at Disneyland are not particularly like thrilling or anything like that. Cause you know, it's, it's for kids. If you want that kind of thing, you can go to Universal Studios But the, like, set dressing and design of the Disney parks is insane. Like, it's a level of attention to detail Mm -hmm. that is really unmatched. It's pretty freaking crazy. And if you want to see what they're doing now, like, if you go on YouTube, you can find footage of inside of, like, the Avatar ride and, like, the new Pirates ride in Disneyland Shanghai. And oh my God, the innovation, the technology is, it's just next level. Seriously. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I remember even going, um, I think maybe we were in Animal Kingdom or I can't remember what it was. Oh, probably Epcot because it has like the futuristic stuff. And we saw like a future model home thing that they had made. And I remember walking Mm -hmm. through it and just being like, I feel like as a young kid, you can be like, oh, what if I created like a, the newest like invention to innovate people's homes? Or like, what if I was an artist? What if I was an animator? And I think that Disney is an accessible way for kids to be like, I could be not just going to Disney parks, but even just mm-hmm. like the things that they make and the animation and stuff like that. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, man. Before we dive in, mm-hmm. we just want to make sure that you're following us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on Twitter. It's at MTRU underscore pod. Yes, you can follow us on TikTok. It's Movies That Raised Us pod. And you can send us an email at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. Yeah, ask us some advice. Um, you know, it can be a love line. You can. Mm-hmm. Ask us about what it was like going to college, like literally anything. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, uh, maybe not. No, but you can ask us anything. Just shoot us an email. If you have any like theories, any comments, if you want to send yeah. us like a sound bite oh, to be play so in an episode, feel free. We would love to include you. So hit us up. Mm-hmm. And of course, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Yes. And then additionally just right before we get into it you know you can always find the link to our merchandise on our link Mm -hmm. tree and you can also find a link to the boutique little lady baby they are a vintage inspired boutique located in rhode island in newport but you can also order online yes so make sure to shop the link in our bio because not only are you supporting an independent women-owned business you are supporting an independent women-owned podcast yes you are Christina, do you want to dive right in? Do you want to get that cheese? (laughs) I have some red wine next to me. I was listening to French music earlier. I actually watched like a French film the other day. So France has been on the mind. Mm -hmm. So this is very fitting. Okay. (laughs) 
some ASMR for you. Opening of the movie, there's this TV commercial all about where's the best food in the world? It's in France, but where in France? It's in Paris, but where in Paris? <laughs> it's at Gusto's restaurant. It's the toast of the town, but there's one person that does not agree with this, and that is Mr. Anton Ego, mm -hmm. food critic. The publication he writes for is called The Grim Eater. That lines up. Yeah. He does not vibe with Gusto. He does not agree with it, the title of his cookbook, which is Anyone Can Cook. Yeah. Keep that in mind, though. Anyone can cook. Anyone mm -hmm. can cook. It's about identity, okay? Big, big identity <laughs> themes here. Yes. So we zoom in on a rainy farmhouse where we hear all this ruckus happening, and Remy the rat bursts through the window unscathed, <laughs> and he's like, yep, that's me. Bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> and Remy just goes on a little thing about his life, some exposition, if you will. He tells us he's a rat. Life is hard. But he has a highly developed sense of smell, and he can detect, like, all the ingredients in this piece of cake they find in the trash. Yeah. He really pops off. Mm -hmm. We also meet Remy's brother, Emil. He's sweet but a little dumb. And Remy's father, who is the leader of their rat clan. Dad does not give a fuck about Remy's olfactory senses, but since he's able to sniff out poison, his dad does use his talent to, like, avoid poisoning the clan. Remy becomes their poison sniffer, and he sniffs up every little morsel that the clan finds. But Remy and his dad, you know, they have their differences. Remy kind of wants them to up their standards in terms of what they consider food. Basically, like, he wants them to stop eating just garbage. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of of the you-are-what-you-eat mind but dad is of the, like, food is fuel philosophy. Mm -hmm. There's some clashing there. And Remy says that if they're going to be thieves, they should at least steal, like, the good stuff from the kitchen. But his dad is like, absolutely not. You have to stay as far away as you can from the evil humans. But Remy is intrigued by humans. He's like, I don't think they're that bad. Like, they discover, they create things. Yeah, Remy is, like, a real artist. He's a little... um what's that man's name fucking gordon ramsey ass out here <laughs> <laughs> and so remy's like you know i'm smarter than my father who's years older than me <laughs> so he sneaks into this little farmhouse and he sees gusto on the tv and he's just talking about how good food is it's like music that you can taste um, color that you can smell and it should be savored and remy feels incredibly inspired so he picks up this little chunk of cheese and he picks up this little chunk of strawberry and he tastes each bite and you see this like synesthesia happening and he's like seeing these fireworks and pops of color and then he combines the flavors and it's like <gasps> a whole display <laughs> of feelings and flavors and things and the old woman turns on the light, so Remy's like, peace, and he just bolts out. Yeah, I never noticed before that Remy, like, has synesthesia. It didn't occur to me to, like, call it that because he's a rat, but it's really a whole body experience for him to, like, eat food and smell food. Yes. So the next day, Remy and Emil are, like, foraging in the grass when Remy finds a mushroom. 
Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh my God, Emil, you have to help me hide this. Like, I don't want everyone in the clan to find it because they're not going to appreciate it. <laughs> and a little selfish. <laughs> yeah. And Emil is like, okay, I don't really understand, but whatever, I'm your brother, I'll help you out. He's actually like very sweet to Remy. Yeah. So Remy and Emil go to hide the mushroom. And Remy is like walking on two legs instead of four. And Emil is like, why are you walking like that? And Remy is like, well, I don't want to have to wash my hands every time I want to eat. And like, yeah, I'm not trying to put my paws on the ground and then handle food. It's a very big Pluto goofy moment. Totally. Yeah. So as they're walking, Remy realizes that Emil is carrying this little fucking baggie with a block <laughs> of Tom de Chev... Chevre... Oh, Tom de Chev really? de Pay? De Pay? Yeah. Tom de Chev de Pay. And he's like, this would pair amazingly with a little mushroom, some rosemary, and he's out here picking <laughs> herbs. Emil still is clueless, but um, Remy is just super excited about all these flavors, and he's like, we have to cook it. So naturally, they climb up onto the roof where Remy is cooking this he mushroom. He <laughs> Yeah. Puts the cheese on it. And they're using the exhaust from the chimney. But this storm is a Bruin. And it gets closer and closer. And then lightning strikes the antenna that they are using as a spit. And it sends them flying off the roof. And also, like, kind of chars the mushroom a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Remy is like, oh, my God. Like, it has this smoky flavor. Like, this is amazing. We have to try this again, but we need saffron. And Emil's like, why do I think that we have to go into this woman's house right now? <laughs> so Emil holds the mushroom while Remy looks through this woman's spice cabinet. Emil is like, I am not trying to be here right now, dog. But Remy talks to Emil about Gusto, and he's shocked that Remy <laughs> can read. And Remy's like, yeah, I can. Don't tell dad. <laughs> What? It's pretty wild. It gets in deep quickly. Like how? Um, no, I'm not going to question it. I'd, I'm just going to accept it. I'm not going to question it. Yeah. yeah. So Remy finally finds the saffron and he notices Gusto on TV. And he's like, Emil, like, look, look, look. And Gusto talks about how to be a chef. You have to try new things. Don't let anyone define your limitations because of where you come from. And he says that anyone can cook. But only the fearless can be great. Mm. But we find out Gusto's restaurant lost one of its stars because of Anton Ego's review. And then Gusto died shortly thereafter, Ugh. losing another star, as is the tradition. So Remy is shocked. He exclaims, Gusto is dead? And then the old lady turns off the TV and sees two rats in her home. And so naturally... She starts shooting at them with a fucking shotgun. A big one. A like, big one. <laughs> a hunting gun. What? What is this instinct? I'll never understand it. But there's this whole mad chase through the kitchen, and she she is just shooting into her own walls, causing yeah. thousands of dollars <laughs> worth of damage. I will never financially recover from this. 
Yeah, after she has shot out her entire home, she's about to shoot Emil, who is, like, hanging from her chandelier when she Mm -hmm. runs out of ammo, thank God. So Remy tries to help Emil, like, swing from this chandelier back to safety. This old lady is looking for more bullets. Remy and Emil then escape into the ceiling just as she fires a shot. And then... The entire ceiling comes crashing down, uh, and along with it, the entire rat colony. And at that point, I would be unwell. I would have to be carted uh. out. Because imagine, and it's an animated film. I get it. I do. Yeah. Holy cow. Even just imagining it when I saw it on the movie, I got chills. I was like, if I saw that today, I would be severely traumatized yeah i'm like looking at my ceiling fan right now and trying to imagine oh god because in real life when you see a rat two rats they're everywhere like you don't just see a rat or two they come in packs yeah so (sighs) awful the colony is like we gotta get out of here and they all bust out the door but remy is like, I gotta save this gigantic cookbook. <laughs> Sorry, BRB, catch up with you. And this old lady is about to gas her cottage. Yeah. She has the pesticides ready to go. Remy busts through the window and he runs off with the colony. They all hop in the little boat, but Remy's just a little bit behind and he's like running and running, but they've left the shore and he paddles over on his cookbook and he's almost there. And his dad reaches out the spatula, but gets shot. Not Remy, the spatula. Why? Like, let him go at that point. Deal with the fucking ceiling. You see a rat paddling away, <laughs> and your instinct is to shoot it? Take a picture. Do something. <laughs> yeah. But Remy does get separated, and he just ends up being further and further from the raft. And he paddles towards them, but ends up getting at this, like, fork in the sewer. And he's like, all right, I'll choose the left one. And he just rushes down the sewer. Yeah. Um, like off a ledge, it goes into a larger sewer underground. So after this fucking water slide sewer situation, Remy manages to paddle to like this little ledge in the sewer. He has no idea where his family is. Nobody comes for him. He's all alone. Aww. All he has is this cookbook, which he flips through, but he feels his like stomach start to grumble as he looks at all the pictures of the food. This part feels like really sad, it honestly. Is I didn't sad. remember it being this sad. And then the drawing of Gusteau on the page comes to life, and he's like, Remy, why do you wait and mope? What's going on? And Remy is like, I just lost my entire family and friends and I will probably never see them again. But Gusto says that he should go up out of the sewer, take a look around, find some food. If he focuses on what he left behind, then he'll never know what lies ahead. Yes. So Remy decides to take his advice and have a look around. He enters into a house having a dinner party and he's like, I'm about to dig into this baguette. But Gusto mm. appears... His little, like, fairy god chef. <laughs> and he's like, Remy, you want to steal from these people? A cook makes, but a thief takes. Mm. So he's like, okay, Mr. Morality. And he climbs through the apartment duct or whatever to see maybe, you know, there's another opportunity for him. 
passes by mm-hmm. this couple that is oh my about God. to shoot um, the like girlfriend, I'm assuming, is about to shoot the guy. Yeah. And then they start making out. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. There's also um, a little Easter egg of oh, yeah. Doug from Up, the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, we see his shadow. Yes. In the apartment building. Yeah. He climbs up the terrace and to the roof, and he sees the Eiffel Tower <gasps> and realizes that he has been in Paris the whole time. And he turns to his left, and he sees Gusteau's restaurant. Yeah, this, like, panoramic shot of Paris is beautiful. Um, the animators did take a trip to Paris, and they took, like, over 4,000 reference photos. I would, too. It's pretty wild yeah and they got to like eat in all these fancy restaurants i'm like damn (sighs) what a trip so then we go into the kitchen at gusto's the food in these fucking pixar movies always looks so good i agree yeah just delicious this and like the bacon and eggs from howl's moving castle are like top tier (laughs) animated foods for me nice But the kitchen is, like, bustling. All the chefs are doing their thing. We meet the head chef, Chef Skinner. And then sitting in the corner is Linguini. He's just a lanky young man with red hair. Mm -hmm. He is the son of Renata, Gusto's old flame. And it turns out that his mother died, and she gave Linguini this letter to give to Skinner, basically asking to get him a job at the restaurant. And Skinner is like, yeah, 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 I'll let you know if we have an opening. But one of the chefs is like, oh, we already hired him as, like, the garbage boy. And Skinner's like, okay, fine, just get him a uniform. Yeah, everyone's like, sure, of course. And Skinner's like, actually, um, we're going to have to vet you. I'm going to have to haze you in order to. Sorry that your mom just died, but no, you cannot work here. Yeah. Did we mention Linguini's last name is Alfredo? Well, his last name is Linguini. His first name is Alfredo. Alfredo Linguini. Yeah. Alfredo, is that a name? Is a name. Alfredo, not Fredo. Alfredo. Fredo, I feel like, is usually a a short, like a nickname, like a shortened version of Alfredo. I'm thinking of Fredo from The Godfather. Yeah. So Remy is excited to watch a real gourmet kitchen in action. Gusto quizzes Remy on who the head chef is, who the sous chef is, and he kind of like names all the different um, components of the kitchen, the saucier, etc. Then Gusto points to Linguini and he's like, who is that? And Remy's like, oh, that's just some dumb garbage boy. <laughs> just some fucking idiot. Yeah, just some like <laughs> shit you, on my fuck shoes. Your family. <laughs> but Gusto is like, you're wrong. He is a part of the kitchen. He could cook. Anyone can cook. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And Remy sees Linguini toss in some just absolutely random (laughs) ingredients into this pot that he just spilled. He's Mm -hmm. like, got to cover it up by piling crap in here. (laughs) Throw like six leeks into the soup and hope that fixes it. Yeah. So he's like, holy crap. Like, we have to tell someone. And he falls (laughs) from the roof into the kitchen and tries to get to the open window because he's like, I literally can't be in here. I'm going to get killed. Mm -hmm. He's almost to the window. He's right there, but he passes by the soup and he just 
can't give up the opportunity to yeah. fix the soup. Yeah, this uh, scene here is actually what the Disneyland ride is based on. Like when Remy oh. is running through the kitchen mm-hmm. trying to get out and like he gets put in the oven and stuff. So the whole ride is scaled so you are Remy size. Yes. And it's like you're going through the kitchen. Uh, it's very interesting. So Remy is living his best chef life. He is pouring in some stock, some cream, some herbs, yes. some spices, doing taste checks. I did read that it's supposed to be like a – I think it's a potato leek soup is oh, what he's making. Okay. Interesting because it was like red when he spilled it, but none of the ingredients made any sense. Yeah. Like it should have been like a yellow to clear. <laughs> yeah. Well, by the time it's done, it's like a white soup. Yeah. And like I don't understand how the science on that checks out. I don't think it does, but you know what? Let's roll with that. (laughs) It's a rat making it, so. (laughs) This is a rat soup, okay? (laughs) Yeah. So he's doing his thing when he comes face to face with Linguini, who is like, excuse me? So he traps him under a colander. Mm -hmm. And that is when Chef Skinner comes over and sees Linguini next to the soup. And he's like, how fucking dare you cook in my kitchen? Starts absolutely tearing him a new asshole. Mm-hmm. And while he's doing this, uh, another chef like comes over and, you know, gets a ladle full of the spoon for a customer, sends it out. Pretty bold. <laughs> yeah. They realize that this soup that Linguini has made is about to be served to the customer. So they try and stop it. But it's too late. It's already gone out into the dining room. So Chef Skinner turns around, immediately fires Linguini on the spot. But then the waiter comes back and he's like, the customer wants to see the chef. (gasps) But it turns out it's not actually a customer. It's Celine Leclerc, renowned food critic. And she loved the soup. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So Chef Skinner tries the soup. It's amazing. He's immediately suspicious of Linguini and still wants to fire him. But Colette is like, you're going to fire the dude who made the soup that Celine Leclerc loved? Like, Doesn't line up. That makes no fucking sense. It also isn't upholding Gusto's most important belief that anyone can cook. And Chef Skinner is like, okay, fine then. Colette, Linguini is your responsibility. And Linguini, I want to see you make that soup again. And I'm going to fucking watch you like a hawk. (laughs) So after this whole debacle, Linguini sees that Remy is about to escape from under this colander. But Skinner sees him. And so they catch him in this jar. And he's like, get that rat out of my kitchen. Take him far away and dispose of him. We don't need the press knowing that we have a rat infestation. Take care of it. Yeah. So he gets on his bike and rides just far, far, far away. All the way to the scene, the sun. The sun, yeah. (laughs) The sun. And he's about to dump him right in there. But just as Linguini is about to let go of the jar, he has the second second thoughts. And he just starts going off on Remy about how it's his fault he's in this situation. And he asks what he put in the soup. And Remy shakes his head. And Linguini is like, did you just respond to what I said? (laughs) And he's like... But he just nods. Yeah, bitch. (laughs) I said I did. So Linguini is like, okay, I can't cook, but you can. Can you make the soup again? And Remy nods. 
And Linguini and Remy agree to work together. And he's like, I'm going to let you out of this jar. I'm going to hold you to your word. <laughs> Honor. And he lets Remy out of the jar and Remy just bolts, bolts straight away. Yeah. But he looks back and sees, sees a depressed Linguini with his head down. He does come back. So then we go to Linguini's apartment. Like absolute studio. Yeah, a glorified closet, really. But he has an amazing view. Oh, yeah. I was reading, I think it's in uh, Montmartre. Montmartre? Oh. Montmartre. Montmartre. Yeah. That's like the artist's area. It's like the Brooklyn of Paris. Yeah, I think. Is that where the Moulin Rouge is? I don't know. I just remember in Rick Steves' travel guide that it was like the artsy scene. And there's like good places to eat. It is. There we go. Nice. So Linguini sleeps on his couch while Remy admires the view from his tiny little bed, which is an oven mitt. Yeah. And in the morning, Linguini wakes up and Remy is nowhere to be found. He checks the fridge. All the food is gone. And he's like, oh, my God, of course he, like, robbed me and left. I can't believe I trusted this rat. <laughs> A rat. <laughs> but then he turns around to see that Remy has made omelets for both of them Aww. on his little stovetop. And he actually snuck across the street and stole some spices from this, like, rooftop garden. Mm -hmm. And Linguini is like, I appreciate the thought, but we don't steal around here. Yeah. I'll just buy some spices. Don't worry about it. So they scarf down these omelets, which are, of course, delicious, and they head to the restaurant. The omelets look so good. It's, like, a perfectly oh, folded. so fluffy. Yeah, very fluffy. Yeah. Back in the kitchen, Colette is reading the rave review written by Celine Leclerc about Cousteau's. And everyone is really excited. They're bustling. They're hustling. Then Linguini bursts into the kitchen with Remy squirming around in his clothes. <laughs> Skinner is like, okay, you are going to recreate the soup for me today. So I'm ready when you are. And Linguini just begins reaching around for ingredients. And Remy's like, oh, I know how to help. I will bite him. <laughs> I will bite his body to indicate. <laughs> and after this starts happening and he's like wriggling around, he looks super insane. Yeah. He excuses himself for a second and he goes into the walk-in. He starts yelling at Remy for biting him and scampering around. He also opens his apron <laughs> to reveal all these like rat bites. <laughs> oh, very uh. cringe. Um, Remy is like very distracted by all the food in front of him. So Linguini gives him a little cheese and he starts ranting again about how insane this whole plan is. Yeah, so meanwhile, outside the walk-in, Skinner can hear Linguini, like, yelling in the walk-in. So he busts open the door and sees Remy for, like, a split second before he runs away. And he's like, I saw the rat! And he starts looking around, but he can't find him. Mm -hmm. And Linguini's like, I don't see anything. I don't know what you're talking about. And then goes back into the kitchen with Remy under his hat on his head. Linguini almost gets clotheslined by, like, a tray of dishes when Remy pulls on his hair, which causes him to do this crazy backbend maneuver <laughs> to avoid this tray. And they're like, oh, my God. So Linguini runs to the bathroom, and this is where they discover that Remy can control Linguini's limbs by pulling on his hair yeah. like a puppet. So this movie is also partially about, like, power points and energy. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say like power play as like a BDSM. No. <laughs> oh my God, no. <sighs> so that night in Linguini's house, Remy gives him a blindfold. <laughs> that sounds BDSM, baby. A BDSM power play. That's what I'm saying. And what I meant to say is Remy gives um, Linguini a blindfolded cooking lesson. And he directs Linguini around the kitchen. He has him pick up different ingredients. He has him chop. Dangerous. He did not need to wear a blindfold. (laughs) No. To do that one. And he has Linguini do this thing where he flips the crepe in the pan. And he's like, okay, okay. And he pulls his hair a little harder. He gets a bigger flip right out the window. Pan and all. Yeah, it causes a huge, huge car crash down on the street. (laughs) But after practicing all night, they begin to refine the technique. Yeah. So the next day they go back to the kitchen. Linguini is recreating this soup with Remy in control, gives it to Skinner. He says it's good, but he's going to need to know a lot more if he's going to make it in his kitchen. Mm -hmm. So he's like, you're going to go study with Colette and sends him on his way. So Linguini tells Colette that he's very excited to study under her. And she stabs his chef's coat with her knives. And she's like, look around. I'm the only woman in this kitchen. And that's thanks to like the sexism in the cooking world. But I'm the toughest cook in this kitchen. And I'm not going to let you jeopardize this for me. Got it? And he's like, I'm going to marry this woman. Yeah. He's like, I couldn't hear you over me falling in love with you. Step on my neck harder, please. Push me down a flight of stairs. Spit in my mouth. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So we got to Skinner in a meeting in his office with um, this man who's like microwave meals for gustos. We have all these different cuisines. And we were talking about how it's very like Trader Joe's, Trader Jose, Trader Ming. Yeah. Like really big Kind of um, culturally insensitive. Yeah. Uh, like we're going to put a sombrero cuisines. on him and sell burritos. <laughs> yeah. And Skinner loves it. He wants to expand their frozen food line. And then Skinner opens this letter from Renata Linguini and finds out some info, calls his lawyer immediately. Mm. Then he reads through Gusto's will that states if no heir appears within two years of his death, then Skinner gets all the business interests. And it turns out that the letter from Renata states that Linguini is actually Gusto's son. Gasp. But Skinner refuses to believe it. And he's like, this is insane. This is a setup. Like the deadline expires in, in a month. Like there's no way this is real. And in the letter, it says that Renata never told Linguini and she doesn't want him to know. All she wants is a job for her son. And the lawyer is like, listen, don't worry. He has a job here. And then he plucks a hair from Gusto's old chef hat, which is in like a glass case <laughs> in the office. Very convenient. And he's like, listen, you get a DNA sample from Linguini. I'll take care of the rest. So then we have the cooking lesson between Colette and Linguini. Linguini is cutting vegetables and just this whole scene makes me feel like when I'm in the kitchen with Phil and I'm like, you are doing this wrong. <laughs> this is messy. Clean up your station. But Colette is like, you're wasting time. This isn't your mother's kitchen. Mommy, you never had to face the dinner rush when the orders come flooding in and every dish is different. 
we need to get your shit straight. Every second counts. There's a montage of training Linguini, how to keep his station clean, how to keep his sleeves clean, and Gusto's recipes. Yeah, then they do um, a little ASMR moment. They really do. How do you tell a good bread is without tasting it? Not the smell, not the look, but the sound, the crust, the sound. Oh, symphony of crackle. Only great bread sound this way. The bread does sound really good. Oh, so good. So then Colette starts to tell Linguini about the other cooks in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And she says that everyone thinks that haute cuisine is snooty. So chefs must also be snooty, but that's not true. Like Lalo, for example, ran away from home at 12 and then he was in the circus. Horst has done time and his story changes every time you ask him. And he's like, I robbed a bank. I embezzled money i killed a man with this thumb with this thumb (laughs) so after all this linguini thanks colette for all the advice and she thanks him for taking it which is just indicative of the culture a man who listens a me yeah oh a man who listens panties (laughs) off ladies the bar is just so the bar is so low you don't even trip on it anymore no it's not even (laughs) My shoes aren't feeling a thing. (laughs) So Skinner sees Linguini picking up Remy, and he puts his car in reverse. He's like, what? And Linguini is like, I dropped my keys. Jingle, jingle. No big deal. (laughs) But Chef Skinner smells a rat. And I'm like, yeah, it's a rat. (laughs) You are right on the money, (laughs) Chef Skinner. (laughs) So the next day at Gusto's, the waiter is taking the orders from the customers, and they want something new, you know? They they love the soup, but they need something else. You can only eat soup so many days yeah. of the week. Especially, like, potato leek soup. So the waiter goes into the kitchen, and Chef Skinner is like, okay, we'll just pull out one of Gusto's old recipes that we haven't made in a while, but... The waiter's like, no, they want something like the soup. Like, they want something from Linguini. Mm-hmm. And Chef Skinner's like, okay, fine. Tell them that Linguini will be preparing something very special for them. So he gives Linguini the recipe for sweetbread a la Gusto, <clears throat> which was like one of Gusto's failed recipes that everybody hated. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Siri, play sabotage. So Colette looks at the recipe. It sounds pretty It's like a licorice rough. sauce with sweetbreads, which is like, I'm pretty sure sweetbreads are the fat from an animal's face. I actually don't even know. Yeah, okay. So sweetbreads are cuts of meat either from the thymus gland located in the throat or the pancreas gland by the stomach in lamb, veal, pig, or beef. And it's like a rich, creamy texture, typically served roasted or fried. To give you a picture. Yeah. Remy gets to work. He starts making this recipe. But of course, he starts making adjustments because the way it is, it's not going to be good. So he's making Linguini grab all of these ingredients from all over the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And Colette is like, what are you doing? Stop improvising. But like Remy's in charge, so he's doing his thing. They played it and Colette is about to put the anchovy sauce on top. But Remy makes Linguini stop her and pours his own sauce on just before the waiter takes it away. Yeah, she's not happy about it. 
So the waiter comes back and everyone loved it. Oh my God. Shocking. And then everyone in the restaurant proceeds to order it. And Remy does his thing under Linguini's hat and makes all the orders for literally every single diner in this restaurant. Mm-hmm. So after dinner, the chefs are celebrating. They're like, we have two dishes that people like now. And Chef Skinner sees the outline of a Remy underneath <gasps> Linguini's hat. And he's like, oh, I've got him now. Linguini goes outside and he sets up Remy with some cheese and grapes. And he's like, take a load off, brother. You just <laughs> you just fucking blast it off. So have a little charcuterie. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your charcuterie plate. But he goes back in and Chef Skinner snatches that hat right off his head to find nothing. To find mm-hmm. nothing, you evil little man. So he asks uh, Linguini to just have a friendly chat with some wine. And they go into his office. Colette is feeling Trey jealous because she's left behind. In the office, Skinner offers Linguini a glass of wine. He's like, you don't want to drink that crap out there. Here's a 61 Chateau Latour. Yeah, I looked it up and it's like, it was something like $58,000 for a case. Oh my God. Yeah. And he's like, here's a toast to your non-idiocy. We love those words of affirmation. (laughs) (laughs) So outside, Remy is enjoying his charcuterie when he sees something in the shadows. Mm -hmm. He goes to investigate, which just a horror movie waiting to happen. But (laughs) luckily, it's only a meal. He was just munching on some garbage. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's you. Reunion. We're in Paris. This is crazy. (laughs) Remy is like, why are you eating garbage? No brother of mine eats that in my town. So he steals from the pantry. Meanwhile, in the office, Chef Skinner is like, so Linguini, where did you train? And Linguini counts on his fingers the amount of times that he's cooked. Chef Skinner's like, hmm. And did you like animals like rats? Huh? A little rat rat? A little rat 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 tat So outside, Remy has gotten some cheese and pomegranate seeds, I think, Yeah. for Emil. And he's like, get a little of this. And Emil starts like scarfing it down. He's like, no, 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 no. You need to savor it. We're going to do this slowly. So he has him eat the cheese first and like, think about the taste. Are you detecting the nuttiness? (laughs) And then he's like, okay, now have a bite of the pomegranate seed. Totally different, right? A burst of flavor. Now try them together. And he starts having like little flashes of inspiration. He's like starting to see the flavor profile. But he's like, nah, like you lost me. (laughs) I mean, it's good, but what's the deal? And he's like, oh my God, Remy, dad doesn't even know you're alive. Like, let's go back to the college. (laughs) Let's tell him that you're still alive. (laughs) Let's go tell the entire family that you did not drown in the sewer. And Remy's like, actually, I kind of like have some stuff to do here. But you know what? A a little visit couldn't hurt. Back to Chef Skinner Linguini. Skinner is really interrogating a drunk Linguini about rats. (laughs) But he is drunk and also just not going to reveal his info. Drunk Linguini is like, hey, why do they call Ratatouille that? It should have a more delicious name than rat and patootie. 
classique. So we cut to the rat colony. They're having a huge celebration in honor of Remy's return. That is the kind of life I'm trying to live post-COVID. For sure. I'm trying to go to rat parties. I'm try- yeah, so- post-COVID <laughs> underground rat parties. <laughs> They're having a great time. There's music. There's dancing. Oh it gosh. looks like a vibe. Do you remember that SNL sketch that's like the sickest underground party you'll never go to? We have alligators. We have like grunge rock. I'll show you after this. I have not seen it, but what I thought of was the SNL sketch where the three lounge singers are actually raccoons, and they're like... (laughs) I'm going to scurry up your trash can later, yeah. You want us to eat garbage? Okay, if you insist. No one one wants you to eat garbage. No one's asking you to eat garbage. (laughs) Very, honestly, both very fitting for this film. Yeah. Okay, so at this rat party... The sickest party with rats. (laughs) Um, Dad is like, you know, we've been struggling without you, Remy. Like, we needed our poison checker. Luckily, no one died, but, like, we're just so glad to have you back. Mm -hmm. He's going on and on about how, oh, it must have been so tough for you out there in the real world. You're just a kid. And Remy's like, actually, like... I've been doing pretty well. I have my own spot. It's nearby so I can come and visit. And dad is like, excuse me? (laughs) Visit? And Remy's like, well, I had to leave the nest eventually. The dad is like, we're not birds. We're rats. We don't leave our nests. We make them bigger. Yeah, Remy and dad really start going at it. And dad is like, you're talking like a human. And Remy reveals that he's been in close contact with humans and says Mm -hmm. that they're not that bad, you know? It's a common misconception. Humans aren't that bad. So dad is like, okay, I want to show you something and brings him to an exterminator shop that has all these like rat traps and fake rats hanging up in the window and rat poison. And he's like, this is what humans do to rats. And Remy's like, no, change is nature. Like we get to decide um, and change... I don't know how he says it, but he's like, it is in our nature to change and like we can change going into the future, basically. He's like, there's hope. Yeah. Like we get to decide. And he walks away. Back at the kitchen, Chef Skinner not getting in any information from Linguini is like, why don't you stay behind and clean up the whole fucking messy kitchen from this entire evening? That's simply not how it works in a restaurant. As somebody who has worked in multiple kitchens you don't ever close like that and if you do you're getting fucking fired if you leave that kind of mess i worked in a restaurant for a little bit well i worked in a restaurant for a long time but for a little Mm -hmm. bit as like um a cashier and busser and like cleaning and a bunch of stuff because it was really small and i one time Mm -hmm. left the coffee machines like you know the big things of coffee where you can Mm -hmm. like pour cup into in the sink like I guess I forgot to clean them or something I was also younger and I got like torn into the next day it was really dramatic oh yeah I mean like a lot of my experience working in restaurants has been like working in the kitchen and people who can't close well They'd be testing my patience well you worked in like a bigger kitchen too so I can only imagine Mm. if People didn't, like, restock certain things the next day. Oh, yeah. You're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. 
when like dishes don't get washed, oof, you can't be doing that. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, Skinner is like, yeah, Linguini, you're going to clean this whole place by yourself. Peace. <laughs> so the next morning, Remy is walking down the street on his two legs, <sighs> saying hello to people. Um, yeah. Causing one dude to crash his bike in shock. He gets to the restaurant where he finds Linguini like passed out in the mop bucket. So he grabs his hair and is trying to like get him to wake up, stand up. He is passed out, probably super hungover. And that's when Colette comes in. Remy slaps a pair of sunglasses on him and just has him stirring some sauce. Yeah. Pretending that just looking he's like awake. a dude, bro. Guys rock. <laughs> Look. Yeah. So Colette is like, hey, Linguini, so how was your drink with Skinner? What did he say? And Remy just makes <laughs> Linguini just turn his head over to sh- shoot her a look because he's fucking asleep. Yeah. And she's like, okay, like, don't look at me like that. And she gets really mad at him. And she's like, so you just use me to get, like, advice on how to cook. Mm-hmm. And now you're taking all the credit and you're leaving me in the dust. And Linguini is still asleep, unable to answer her. He actually snores while she's talking. So she slaps him, which finally wakes him up. Yeah. And she's like, I wanted you to succeed. And that was my mistake. And he's like, realizing what's going on. He's like, Colette, no, I'm nothing without your help. The recipes weren't mine. I would have followed your advice to the end of the earth. I have a... And he just... Does this really obnoxious thing where he's like, I have a tiny chef. No, 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 no. I have a, and it tells me what to do. Ugh. Ugh. And he's just like pacing around, can't get the words out. Colette has pepper spray behind her back. Oh, yeah. If it were me, I would be like, this dude is about to like flash me or something. Yeah, you were like, talking about weird. It. Like, My little tiny chef. He's like, like, I ah. have a tiny chef. I'm like, absolutely not. Really awful. Yeah. Just as Colette is about to pepper spray his ass and Linguini is about to lift his hat to reveal Remy, Remy takes hold of his hair and makes him lean in for a kiss with Colette. Pretty wild thing to think would help. And at first, Colette is apprehensive, but then she really enjoys the kiss. And I'm like, thank God this is consensual. Yeah, thank God this is not a harassment in the workplace. Yeah, especially a coworker. Could you imagine a coworker surprise kissing you? Oh, no. I would be very upset. Gentlemen, or you know what, anyone, (laughs) don't do the surprise kiss. Don't do it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever done a surprise kiss. I feel like there is always like a brief pause yeah, where you like look each other in the eyes and you're like, it's very clear that we're about to kiss. We're in very close proximity. You go in for the kiss. Not a. Yeah. Not a I whip my head around and you plant one on me. Don't do that. Don't do it. So then we cut to. Mr. Anton Ego, he is writing another review mm-hmm. on his typewriter in his office, which is shaped like a coffin. Yes, very ominous. Pretty wild. And that's when his assistant comes in mm-hmm. and he's like, uh, sir, Gusto's is back. It's popular. And he spits out his wine because he hasn't reviewed Gusto's in years. And the last time he did, he compared it to Chef Boyardee. (laughs) So how is it possible that it is popular again? 
Yeah, he's not pleased. Meanwhile, Skinner is in his office again with his lawyer, and his lawyer's like, all right, I'm going to tell you the tea. Linguini and Gusto's DNA match, and he's totally his son. The timing works. It's all there. Chef Skinner is like, this must be a setup. Linguini knows that he's toying with me, and he is consorting with a rat, and he just rants on and on, and the lawyer is like, you are losing your mind. I want you to get some help. He doesn't say that because that would be healthy. Of course. But although Skinner's not totally wrong. He's literally not wrong, but he sucks, so I just don't like him. Yeah, yeah. And Skinner's like, but I can't fire him because then the press will have a field day. Plus, we have to keep Gusto, the face of the brand, so I can keep selling frozen food. No integrity. Yeah. And the lawyer's like, okay, all you have to do is hang on for three more days. Okay, and then you can fire him. No one will know. And on his way out, he mentions that the hair sample of Linguini had to be sent back because at first it came back as rodent hair. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. So then the next day in the kitchen, Colette is cooking with Linguini. They're making eyes at each other. It's very fun and flirty. A lot of stuff. Remy does not want to listen to Colette's cooking advice because... He thinks he knows better. He really does. Then after the shift, Colette pulls Linguini onto her motorcycle. Of course she has a motorcycle. Also, She's like, so cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk about Colette for a second. There is not a single world in which Disney can convince me that this woman is straight. Uh, definitely not. By at least, <laughs> although I'm probably feeling pan maybe a little bit more. She's simply just too cool to be a straight woman. <laughs> She's like, sorry, I'm in a kitchen. I'm going to hop on my motorcycle real quick. I have purple hair. Yeah, with my cool, fashionable bob and my crazy knife skills. Oh, her bob looks so cool. I think you should. You and Phil should definitely dress up as Colette and Linguini for Halloween. I think it would be really fucking funny. <laughs> but I always make him be like, like last Halloween, he was uh, the pig pilot from Porco Rosso. And I was like the hot, like love interest. Well, Linguini's not, like, ugly. Actually, Linguini is very much my type. I was actually going to ask you that. He does seem more clumsy than the guys you go for. But he is, like, he does have that um, wig on a broomstick look you like. Yeah, that lanky string bean type of look. I do love a a dorky man. What's actually the, the cruel thing about my tastes in men is that what I like are sensitive, nerdy guys who are, like, kind of neurotic, but who I should be with is probably, like, a very self-assured, confident man <laughs> who can, like, who treat is, like, you extroverted. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that's just so unattractive to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just doomed to be in really unhealthy <laughs> romantic situations. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Phil and I are both very crazy, like, wild people. I'm like, maybe I should have someone who's grounded and, like, stable. (laughs) Love you. He doesn't listen to those pods, though. I mean. (laughs) You win some, you lose some. The heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah. I could see you dating a chef, though, like, making you good meals. Mm. Like, I feel like you'd be really receptive to that. I would love that. Is your thing, like, acts of kindness? Um, acts of service, yes, is my yeah. language. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to find a sweet chef. 
Yeah, you would think that because I used to work in the restaurant industry, I would have had dating options, but the last kitchen I worked in was like all women. Yeah. So unfortunately, there was nothing there for me. But anyways, (laughs) enough about my love life. Back to Ratatouille. So... Colette and Linguini and Remy are riding on her motorcycle when they do the sharp turn and then Linguini's hat flies off and Remy goes falling into the street where he almost gets hit by multiple cars before he gets to the sidewalk where some humans see him. They immediately start screaming and throwing bottles at him and yelling about how gross he is. So he escapes into the sewer. Yeah. And it's a reminder of how the world sees him. Mm. Then he gets back to Gusteau's, where he sees Emile is waiting for him with a bunch of his rat friends. Yeah, Remy is not pleased that he brought all these rats. And he's like, "Uh, like, I work here. Could you not? But the rats are big and scary. So Remy's like, okay, like I'll steal food for you guys. And Ghost, Ghost, Ghost Gusteau (laughs) asks Remy why he's stealing and the cardboard cutouts of Gusto also chime in. And he's like, shut up, shut up. Everyone stop talking. And he steals the pantry key when he sees Gusto's will. And he finds out that Linguini is Gusto's son. <gasps> yeah, I know. And Chef Skinner barges in to see Remy on the table with the will. So Remy grabs the will and the letter and bolts out the door while Skinner chases after him on a Vespa. Of course. They cause multiple car accidents. Skinner on this Vespa ends up falling down some stairs. There's like this mad chase. They end up jumping onto like boats in the Seine. It's crazy. But eventually, Remy manages to escape with the documents while Skinner lands in the water. Mm -hmm. And I don't know a ton about the Seine, but I'm willing to guess that that water is probably pretty toxic. Probably. So back in Skinner's office, Skinner gets back, opens the door to find Linguini and Colette. And he's like, Linguini, get out of my office. And she's like, he's not in your office. You're in his. Get fucked. So we get a little Linguini upgrade montage. The chef's toast to Linguini. Linguini is on the front page of the paper. They also burn all the extra frozen burritos. I'm like, that's a waste. <laughs> you could donate them. Yeah. You could give them away. Do many things. Yeah. And Linguini gets this beautiful new apartment with a windowsill just for Remy. This apartment is so beautiful. Oh, it's incredibly expensive. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what happened to me while I was watching this scene. So, a little backstory. I have a deviation on my jaw. What? Which means that I. It will, like, click if I extend it too wide. And upon seeing this apartment, my jaw dropped so hard and so fast that I had three separate clicks in my jaw. I don't know if you can hear this. Oh, my God. I don't like that at all. I had three different clicks from dropping my jaw at how beautiful this apartment is with, like, the spiral staircase yeah. and, like, the view. Oh, my God. So yeah, it had it had an impact on me for sure. Definitely. It's a beautiful apartment. He really upgraded. He said, I'm taking that will money and I'm going off. Yeah. And there is a beautiful view of the Eiffel Tower. 
So Chef Skinner picks up a newspaper and he's reading all about Linguini owning Gusteau's. And he even comes to the restaurant to spy on Linguini. Meanwhile, Remy keeps bringing these new rats to the restaurant and stealing for them. And it's like, uh uh. So Linguini is taking the ride, flying like Icarus, very close <laughs> to the sun. He is doing a press conference where they're asking, like, where his talent comes from. And he's like, oh, it's just in my blood. And Remy <laughs> is like, bitch, I am right here. <laughs> and then they're like, how did you find out you were Gusto's son? And he's like, I guess I just knew it all along. Okay. <sighs> Lord. And they ask him where he gets his inspiration from. And he's like, well, actually. And Remy perks up and he's like, I get it from Colette. Oh. Uh, that's mean. Yeah. The health inspector is called by Skinner. He's like, I would like to report a rat infestation. He really doesn't sound like that. But he's like, I want to report a rat infestation at Gusto's. And the health inspector's like, okay, well, I don't have another opening for three months. Uh, just check before then. If there's a cancellation, I'll come. Back in the kitchen... Apparently, the restaurant was supposed to open an hour ago, but Linguini was just talking it up to the reporters, and Colette is like, okay, we need to wrap it up, like, the doors are going to open, and Anton Ego walks <gasps> in to the press conference. There's some back and forth, mostly just him insulting Linguini, so he tells Linguini that he'll be coming in tomorrow night with high expectations. Then Colette ends the press conference and drags Linguini back into the kitchen. So Linguini and Remy go into his office and Remy is super pissed at Linguini. And Linguini is like, listen, like I had to do what I had to do. And besides, your opinion isn't the only one that matters. Like Colette can cook as well. Mm -hmm. But Remy is not having it. Linguini takes Remy outside and he's like, you need to take a break, little chef. I'm not your puppet. And of course... Skinner is watching this whole thing go down from the roof, and he realizes that Remy has been the chef all along, yeah. all the puzzle pieces are clicking together. So Remy is kind of like having a tantrum in this back alley about what Linguini said to him, and that's when Emil and some more of his friends stop by, and Remy's like, you know what? Tell dad to bring the whole clan after closing. Oh Dinner's on me. So then Linguini goes home looking for Remy, but he's not there. His mm -hmm. little rat bed is empty. Because he's sneaking around the restaurant late at night. Mm -hmm. At the end of the night, Horse turns off the lights and Remy and his father sneak into the pantry. All the rats come in and they steal food. But Linguini ends up coming back to the restaurant because he's like, little chef it doesn't feel right to leave things the way we did mm. you know i know you've been under a lot of pressure linguini says he's never disappointed anyone before because no one has ever expected anything of him Aww. but now they do because of remy so he feels a sense of purpose yeah he says that remy has never failed him and he shouldn't forget that and it's a really heartfelt apology yeah um meanwhile all the rats are hiding in the pantry <laughs> yeah bad news and emile has been eating this like huge thing of grapes and falls off the shelf 
<laughs> and all the grapes come flying out of his little rat body and hit <laughs> they hit Linklini on the back of the neck. And he turns around, he's like, Oh my god. He tells Remy not to come back or he'll treat them all the way rats are supposed to be treated. And Remy walks away and tells the rats they can steal whatever they want. It's so sad. He's like, you betrayed me. I trusted you. And I'm like, no. So the next day, Linguini has a nightmare about having to serve Anton Ego when Colette knocks on his office door and wakes him up. And she's like, all right, should go out and, you know, inspire your kitchen staff before service tonight. So Linguini gets up on a stepladder and he tells the kitchen that tonight is the big night. Ego is coming. He's gonna order something and we have to cook it. (laughs) Really taking an owl here. Yeah. (laughs) Remy watches from the window when Emil shows up and he's like, come on, Remy, like we don't need the inside food to be happy. You just have to be less picky about it. Like, let me show you something. And he goes over to this cardboard <laughs> like, let box. Let me show you something here. <laughs> and Remy is like, brother, it is a rat trap. Get out. Pushes a meal. So then, of course, Remy gets trapped. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it was set by Skinner. Uh, in the kitchen, Linguini continues his bad speech. But Ego arrives And Colette's like, okay, he's just another customer. Like, let's wrap it up here. Let's start cooking. So Skinner loads Remy into his trunk and he's like, here's what we're going to do. You're going to create a new line of Chef Skinner frozen meals for me. And in exchange, I won't kill you. Got it? Good. Slams the trunk. Chef Skinner has no integrity. He's literally like, I'm just trying to make money off of frozen meals. Like, go work for Lean Cuisine if that's what you want to yeah. do. Go go work for Amy's Frozen Amy's, yeah. Food. <laughs> don't pretend like you want to work in a real kitchen. I don't know what to say. So the waiter goes over to Anton Ego to take his order. And he's like, I've heard a lot about Linguini. So what I want tonight is some perspective. And the waiter oh, is like... Oh, God. I know. <laughs> the waiter is like... I don't know how to put that on my notepad. Like, I don't (laughs) understand what you want to do. And Ego is like, okay, if you can't provide me with perspective, why don't you provide the food and I'll provide the perspective? And I'm like, that was a very long setup. Yeah. (laughs) What if the waiter was like, okay, and walked away? Yeah. And he says to tell your little chef, I want whatever he dares to serve me. Chef Skinner is sitting at the next table over, and he's just like, I have the same thing as Ego. Man can't even see over the table. I did read that his character is supposed to be, like, three feet tall. Big Napoleon complex. Oh, yeah, and the guy that played him. Oh, God, I can't remember his name, but he was Bilbo Baggins in Lord of the Rings. I wish he was Danny DeVito. Very cool to me. Yeah, Um, but that actor did play Napoleon, like, a couple times, so. So we go back to Remy. He is in the rat trap in Skinner's trunk. Ghost Gusto Gusto shows up. 
he is trying to like talk to Remy, but Remy is like, you know what? I'm done pretending to be a rat, pretending to be a human, pretending to talk to a figment of my imagination. I know who I am. Why do I need you to tell me? And Gusteau is like, you don't. You never did. (gasps) Meanwhile, outside... On the fucking ledge of the building, Emil and Dad are dropping gargoyles on Skinner's car. (laughs) The strongest rats you've ever seen. Science does not exist in this film universe. We just have to accept it. So they manage to drop a gargoyle onto the trunk, Mm -hmm. which gives them enough of a space to crawl in and free Remy from the trap. Yeah. So they do. And Remy books it back to the restaurant. As you can tell, things aren't going smoothly in the kitchen. No one knows Linguini's recipes, so they can't cook them. And they're like, Linguini, just like tell us we can cook it. We can cook it for you. And Linguini's like, hey, uh, huh. And I'm like, you haven't learned anything? Like you didn't learn. Yeah. You, didn't you didn't remember. retain any information? Yeah. All the cooks are freaking out. And Linguini is like, okay, I'm going to like hide in my office. Like. <laughs> I just, I have to leave. Yeah. So Remy's family tries to stop him from going inside because they think that he's going to get killed. All the cooks see Linguini, just kidding. All the cooks see Remy run in and they get out their cleavers. They're ready to cut his throat. And Linguini's like, stop, no. And explains that he's the one that's been cooking. Remy made all the recipes. He gives them the whole spiel. And he says... That this rat could be the greatest chef in Paris, and they could have the greatest restaurant in Paris with him as their leader. <laughs> huh. What would you do if you were faced with this situation as a chef in the kitchen? I feel like it would be easier to believe if instead of him being like, this is a greatest chef in Paris, if he was like, let me show you what we've been working on. <laughs> I have prepared a presentation for <laughs> you all. So the chefs start taking off their aprons and one by one, they all walk out. And lastly, a teary-eyed Colette Raises a hand to slap Linguini, but she just walks out instead. Linguini, all alone in the kitchen, yeah. looks out to Ego in the restaurant. He takes off his hat and goes into his office. He's given up. Colette, meanwhile, is crying as she's riding on her motorbike. That doesn't seem safe. Um, <laughs> she doesn't. Yeah, she almost gets hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then she stops and she sees... Gusteau's cookbook in the window. Anyone can cook. Back at the restaurant, Remy is defeated. He turns around to see his dad. And he's like, Remy, I was wrong about you and Linguini. And Remy is like, I can't choose between two halves of myself. And dad is like, you got guts, kid. And if this means that much to you, the whole clan is here to help. Just tell us what to do. The health inspector <laughs> arrives to see a kitchen full of this rat colony. He bolts, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then the rats run after him and swarm his car My like nightmare. a scene out of a fucking horror movie. My nightmare. <laughs> 
So Remy's like, I'm the chef now. And he <laughs> cleans all the rats in the little, like, steamer. In the dishwasher, yeah. yeah. And um, Linguini sees the rats just toiling away from his office. And he's like, you know what you need? Someone to wait table. So he laces up his roller skates and gets out there and just becomes waiter extraordinaire. This was his calling the whole time. Yeah, we just didn't know it. Back in the kitchen, Remy directs the rats. He has them um, grate cheese by, like, jumping on the block and sliding down the grater and gently poach the scallops. He does a little taste check. And Colette comes back into the kitchen, sees all the rats. She is about to blow chunks. Yeah. (laughs) As would I, as would I. And then Colette tells Linguini she doesn't want to chat. But she'll help Remy cook. So Remy has decided. I am the CEO of the company. (laughs) He's decided to serve ratatouille for ego. And Colette is like, are you sure? Like, this is a peasant's dish. But Remy is sure. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, a bunch of the rats return to the restaurant with the health inspector bound and gagged. (laughs) There's a lot of BDSM (laughs) references in this episode you should make a tiktok that's like s s -S." (laughs) like the rihanna song yeah yeah and uh they throw him in the walk-in but anyways back in the kitchen (laughs) colette starts making the ratatouille but remy is like no 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 let me show you and he walks her through his entire way of making it Mm -hmm. they played it it looks to die for delicious it does look so good. I Maybe I'll make ratatouille this weekend. Yeah. Ooh. And uh, Linguini serves it up to Ego and Skinner. Cut to Ego taking a bite of the ratatouille. We're transported back in time. A little Anton Ego has fallen off his bike and scraped his knees. And what does his mother make him? A nice warm bowl of ratatouille. And he feels better. He feels you know, the relief of a child who's taken care of by his mother. And he yeah. drops his pen. And he smiles and just digs in and eats up the dish. And Skinner eats it as well. And he has, like, this moment of bliss in his dark little life. And <laughs> it's just a really good meal. So he goes back to the kitchen to see how the heck Linguini pulled this off. Yeah, he throws open the door to see this fucking... Rat, rat party yeah. in the kitchen. <laughs> Paris's hottest underground club. <laughs> oh my gosh. Lower East Side party filled with rats. The rats pour your drink. Is there rat shit in it? We don't know. Yeah, come see my all rat production of The Crucible in the East Village this summer. <laughs> so I actually did um, Chekhov's Seagull with an all mm. rat cast. Wow, that sounds amazing. How how productive, how ingenious. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, Skinner freaks out and they bound and gag him as well and throw him in the walk-in. Back in the dining room, Ego tells Linguini that he wants to give his compliments to the chef, but it turns out that his chef was his waiter. Mm-hmm. And Linguini is like, actually, I wasn't the chef tonight. And Ego's like, okay, then who should I thank? 
Linguini scurries back to the kitchen where him and Colette scream at each other for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, she screams at him. And then they come back out and Colette says, if you want to meet the chef, you have to wait until all the other customers leave. So Ego agrees. He waits. He drinks a whole bottle of wine. And Linguini brings out Remy. He explains it all to Ego. And at first, Ego thinks it's a joke, but then his smile vanishes. And they show him the rat kitchen, how the (laughs) hair control works. And Ego just asks an occasional question here and there. Ben, when the story ends, he thanks them for the meal and leaves. Next day, his review appears. In many ways... No, I'm not going to do the voice. (laughs) In many ways, the work of a critic is easy. We risk very little... Yet we enjoy a position over those who offer up their work and their selves to our judgment. We thrive on negative criticism, which is fun to write and to read. But the bitter truth we critics must face is that in the grand scheme of things, the average piece of junk is probably more meaningful than our criticism designating it so. But there are times when a critic truly risks something, and that is in the discovery and defense of the new. The world is often unkind to new talent, new creations. The new needs friends. Last night, I experienced something new. An extraordinary meal from a singularly unexpected source. To say that both the meal and its maker have challenged my preconceptions about fine cooking is a gross understatement. They have rocked me to my core. In the past, I have made no secret of my disdain for Chef Gusteau's famous motto, anyone can cook. But I realize, only now do I truly understand what he meant. Not everyone can become a great artist, but a great artist can come from anywhere. It is difficult to imagine more humble origins than those of the genius now cooking at Gusteau's, who is, in this critic's opinion, nothing less than the finest chef in France. I will be returning to Gusteau's soon. Hungry for more. That monologue is so brilliant. I know. I want to hear someone audition with Anton (laughs) Ego's monologue. Oh my god, yeah. It's so beautifully written. The sentiment of it, I think, is incredible. And it's something that I often think of as we are, you know, like a movie review podcast. And I think that's why... We are a lot nicer about the movies that we review than some other podcasts. Yeah, I definitely agree because like Anton Ego is saying, greatness can come from anywhere. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a world-renowned movie to be something spectacular to you or to yeah. like ignite something within you. And there are a lot of movies that mean a lot to people like A Cinderella Story, for example. Yeah. That like make you feel that wide breath of emotions that an Oscar nominated film can feel. Yeah. And like, I, I love the sentiment of greatness coming from anywhere. Definitely. It's just, it's a really beautiful message. And I applaud mm-hmm. Disney Pixar for putting it out there. They do do a good job of bringing a story together. I think that the yeah. stories that they managed to come up with. Can't really speak to the Disney Channel nowadays, but movie-wise, very mm-hmm. poignant, and they're great at just having, like, a tight story that kind of, yeah. like, pulls at your heartstrings. Definitely. They're super well-crafted. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
So after Anton's review comes out, we hear Mm -hmm. Remy say that that was the greatest night of his life, but the only thing predictable about life is its unpredictability. Of course, they had to let Skinner and the health inspector go. (laughs) And of course, word got out. Gusto's got shut down. People were not interested in eating food made by rats for some reason. Whatever. Yeah. Ego lost his job and his credibility, but he's invested in a new small business and is doing quite well for himself. Mm. Pen over to Remy, Linguini, and Colette's new restaurant, La Ratatouille. It's a <laughs> tiny bistro. Anton Ego goes there every day. He's excited for the new dessert that Remy's made for him. And there's a terrace for rats. And yeah, I love yeah. that detail. <laughs> yeah, the rat party out. continues. <laughs> uh, we pan out. We see... Paris. Mm-hmm. And that's Ratatouille. That's Ratatouille, baby. Get your rat on. <laughs> Show me what you're working with. <laughs> yeah. I really, oh, I enjoyed watching this movie so much. I love to cook. Mm. I love a story about finding your passion, being able to pursue your dreams. I think it's just really heartfelt and warming. And it gives me that like warm, fuzzy feeling of finding a new passion and getting to explore yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. And the animation, we didn't really talk about it much, but the animation is so Holy shit. good. It's so pleasing to the eye. I love yeah. the way that they played with color. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but like there are like 1.5 million hairs on <laughs> Remy. And like that's not me being like hyperbolic. I looked it up and yeah. that is how many hairs are on him. And like to compare, there's like, a hundred thousand hairs on Colette's head. Mm-hmm. It's really wild how they can make me look at a rat, like an animation of a rat, mm-hmm. and feel like sorry for Remy when he's stuck in the jar. Yeah, and feel emotional for him when he is trying to get to the boat that his family is mm-hmm. on after they flee the house. Oh yeah, or make me feel like close to a meal and have this like favor for him because he's such a sweet mm-hmm. rat. Like. It's so crazy. I feel like I felt more connected to the rats in the movie than the humans. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I think Patton Oswalt did an amazing job as Remy. The The vocal performances are really just like top-notch across the board. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I did see a clip of Colette, the voice actress um, who voices Colette working in the studio mm-hmm. and it's so wild it's so wild yeah. to think about how people cast for voices mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure the woman who did her voice is actually like she kind of looks edgy and has like some tattoos on her arm and stuff and i'm like that's yeah. the person who i'm you know it like yeah. really matches up yeah vocal performance is really really difficult mm-hmm. and that's why i often get annoyed when they just cast names Because, like, I get it. You need to pull people into the theater. I get it. But I feel like often people who are just not really VO actors don't do as good of a job. And it's not as distinct and it's not as enjoyable when you have people who are more familiar with that medium. Mm -hmm. They just, like, bring so much more life to it. And I think that the casting in this movie was very, very well done. Yeah. You can't do a real-life movie with rats, obviously. (laughs) Um, 
But to make an animated film that still has all the qualities that you would feel for a live action movie with actual Mm -hmm. people. Yeah, it's just a testament to artistry and technology. Yeah, it's just it's very enjoyable. I think it's a great message. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching this movie. I was super enthralled. I love Paris. I think Paris is gorgeous. There is so much architecture that is Even if you just went to Paris, you didn't go anywhere, do anything, you walked around. It's beautiful Mm -hmm. to see. So the scenes where you see like a a view from an apartment window, right? It's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. The thought of eating food, eating a fresh like pastry or piece of bread. Very, very nostalgic. Made me want to travel again. Oh, yeah, dude. I feel you. Shall we rate it? Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a high rating for me personally. I think I want to give it a nine. Mm. I'm trying to think where this lands for me because I did enjoy it, but it's not one of like my like all-time faves, you know? Mm-hmm. But it is really, really good. I'm going to give it an 8.5. Okay. Even though if I was just – if I was taking it just as like I'm looking at this as a piece of art, I would like give it a higher rating, but just in terms of like – where it lands Definitely. in my my like top Disney Pixar movies mm-hmm. an eight point five. But I was very, very not not really surprised, but I'm glad that I enjoyed it as much as I did watching it this time. Yeah. I didn't think that I would really love watching Gratitude because I was like mm-hmm. I don't really like go out of my way to watch anime and movies in general. But mm-hmm. I, I think for me the uniqueness of the story in a time mm. where I feel like everything is about falling in love and like yeah. finding your boyfriend or like whatever. To see a story about pursuing your passions in a place that I love and about yeah. like cooking, which is something I'm also really passionate about. I think the components for me, I was just like, I want this movie. <laughs> I I want a movie like this, like make a similar one. Uh, yeah. You know, a pig who stole a cookie. Um, don't know <laughs> if you read that story when you were a kid. I didn't, but um, they did make, uh, I think it's, is it a series or is it a short? But there's something on Disney Plus, it's called My Friend the Rat. And I think it's like oh. Remy and Emil. I'm not sure. But yeah, Ratatouille's great. It's a great comfort movie. Like it's yeah, it's like a movie you can like snuggle up and curl up into. It's like totally like I would watch Ratatouille on a date night with a glass of wine. Oh yeah, a oh, little charcuterie yeah. board, mm-hmm. some wine. Invite me to go watch Ratatouille, and you will have stolen my heart. Yeah, that's a little about me. <laughs> Hinge bio loves watching yeah. Ratatouille with a glass of wine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Yeah. Go have a charcuterie board. Um, go have a decent glass of wine. Maybe not Le Chateau de Tepe. Le Chateau Le Tour. Yeah. 61. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been a pleasure. We are excited for our next animated movie. Oh, yeah. Because that one's going to be a wild freaking ride. Yes. We have two more movies coming your way. Mm-hmm. They're going to be very, very fun. Yes. If you are enjoying this show, what you should do 
is go and do a little rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Spin some fire. It really helps us um, when you leave a review. You can also follow us on social media and Instagram at Movies That Raised Us. You can shoot us an email, moviesthatraisedus at gmail.com. Yes, you can follow us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. And you can follow us on TikTok. It's Movies That Raised Us pod. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.